welcome to the Chewing Gum Podcast, where we'll be chewing on some of our honest Asian Australian experiences. I'm Sherry. And I'm Clover. Welcome to episode 17, where we'll be sharing our experiences being raised within an Asian household in Australia and how that has affected our identity as well. So to give you to give you guys a background, I'm Australian-born Chinese. I'm a first-generation Australian, so my parents actually migrated from China to here during the 1990s. Um, my preschool experience came from a diverse cultural background. This preschool was actually really nearby to where I lived, and there was so much ethnicities there, Indian, um, Middle Eastern, like so many different types of ethnicities. Um, so I was very lucky to be exposed to different, I guess, colors and backgrounds from a very early age. Um, but I don't really have any memories from there because I was incredibly shy and really, really quiet. Um, but when I did come out of preschool, I went into a primary school. Um, and this primary school was also really quite culturally diverse. Again, the kids were from many, many backgrounds, except Chinese. Um, so that was like a very interesting thing because everyone else there, they haven't met a Chinese girl before. So it was very interesting when they were like trying to get to know me, trying to get to know what the Chinese culture would be like, our festivals, our celebrations. It was very different. But what about you, Clover? Wow, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll go into saying why I find that really interesting. So I was, um, I'm Malaysian-born Chinese. So background-wise, recently, three years ago, I converted uh, my citizenship to Australian. Um, but prior to that, I was, um, before I hit 13, I was pretty much just born and raised in Malaysia. So in Malaysia, there it is quite culturally diverse in a sense where there's three main um, ethnicities coexisting together. So there's um, um, mainly the Malays, and then we've got um, Malaysian Chinese as well as Indians. So yeah, like I guess like growing up, like it, there was a lot of different cultures there in terms of those main three. Not really other um, like other like nationalities like Japanese or Korean, which I found like. Um, in Australia, it's quite common. Um, so in that sense, like I find that Australia is a bit more multicultural, like multicultural in that sense. But in Malaysia, like we embrace culture like in a very different way as well, like through the food, through like um, a celebrating each other's cultures as well. And then we actually have like holidays set for like the different cultures, like um, New Year's as well. So that like, you know, it's like, publicly recognized not like here in a sense where like if it's like um you know chinese new year or like the deeper valley then there's no holidays for that right um so it's a little bit different in that sense but yeah um but i would say growing up even in malaysia because my parents like were very focused on me like being part of like this chinese asian community so even when I was young, I went to a preschool that was like a bit culturally diverse, but like I was taught to like always study Chinese as well. And then when I hit primary school, I was sent to like this Chinese um, primary school where most of the people there are Chinese, but like you just have to learn like the different languages. You have to learn Malay, of course, with the national language, and you have to learn English. 
and you had to learn Chinese as well. And then in high school, um, I decided to go into like a Chinese independent school as well. So it's like, I guess like in in me, like it's like always been like very Chinese. But mm-hmm. then the thing is that for us Malaysians, if you say that we're Chinese, I wouldn't agree that we're Chinese either. Like <laughs> my grandparents are Chinese, mm-hmm. um, but they just, you know, um, they moved to like Malaysia and then like had my parents and then me like we're not exactly Chinese either which is really confusing because um if I was talking to like a to someone who's like actually like born like born and raised in China our experiences will be very different and even the way we talk will be very different Mm -hmm. um so yeah and when I came to Australia it was something that's also a bit confusing to explain to other people as well because like they would just say like oh I'm I would introduce myself as being Malaysian rather than like Malaysian Chinese. And then they would just assume that like, oh, like you're Malay, right? But then I'm like, no, that's that's completely different. You can't say I'm, I'm Malay kind of thing. Because Malay yeah, is like yeah. an ethnicity and then like Malaysian is like a nationality. So mm-hmm. that was like a whole thing. But yeah, and the high school that I came here to do was also very like Asian as well in a sense where like it was like mostly I would say Asian like mm-hmm. different types of Asian but like mostly Chinese um, like background as well so hearing that you went to like a preschool and primary school here in Australia and then being very culturally diverse it's like kind of like surprising to me because like even when I moved here like I felt like even now I'm surrounded by like Asians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely say like all of my current friends are mainly Asian. Um, mm. just because my degree has a main has a more focus towards, I guess, Asian backgrounds. Um, the subjects I took at school, again, more like Asian stereotypical subjects. Um, even like my high school was actually not so culturally diverse. I would say like Mm-hmm. 90% was Asian, um, Indian, yeah. like um, different parts of Asia pretty much. So in terms of like mm. being white or uh, like different, I, different, I guess, places or in Europe or something, that was quite mm. rare. So yeah. it was just like, so from primary and primary and preschool was very culturally diverse I just met a lot of different people I figured out so many different types of like religions and cultural celebrations that they did and I think our teachers when we were younger really pushed that onto us so during like the Christmas period will be um, instead of teaching us about Santa Claus they'll also tell us about the Jewish um, celebrations and what they do and even in preschool, there was no, like, one category, like, oh, yeah, it's Christmas, but, like, you know, the Indians celebrate this or the Jews celebrate this or, like, how the Chinese has, like, these, like, autumn festival and stuff. We were very, I guess, well-knowledged and ed- educated. Um, we celebrated each kind of background whenever there was a celebration or holiday. But in high school, it was just, like, whatever. It was just, like, oh, you know, 
autumn festival like only like a selection of like the the chinese people would bring like mooncakes to school and stuff like that so i think it's just like very i've been more in a like very asian orientated surrounding when i was during like during high school and even now during uni it's still kind of asian orientated but yeah that's yeah but like in in high school would you say like or when you moved to australia would you say that you were surprised by like the multiculturalism or anything like that yeah like it was like like, I knew that Malaysia is very, like, multicultural. Um, but, like, when I came to Australia, I was, like, even, like, I was just, like, just, like, shocked where it's, like, oh, like, there's more than these, like, ethnicities kind of thing. Like, I was expecting when I came to Australia to be, like, you know, mostly, like, you know, Aussies, um, like, Anglo. And, like, then we've got, like, some Chinese and, like, that's 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 what I was thinking to be honest like like different types of Anglos and like mainly Chinese people because that's just what I've I've seen through like when I came to Sydney before I migrated here for holidays so I wasn't expecting to meet like a lot of different like cultures but then when I first migrated here I um hung I hang I hung out with like my mom's friends um, so she had a primary school friend that came to Australia as well, and she brought us into like this group of people that were very diverse. So um, they were like Japanese, there was like Vietnamese and like Thai as well. So it was like very like like mostly Asian, and there's some Anglo people in there as well. So it's like oh, it is like really different and very diverse in that sense, where it's like not just like the main three or anything. It was just like bit of everything which was really cool mm-hmm. um but yeah um otherwise like yeah maybe it's just like yeah like you said like the surroundings and where you you're placed in it plays a big part of like what kind of exposure you have as well mm-hmm. um, yeah but like yeah. since you did have a kind of more chinese orientated upbringing like specifically yeah. you went to like a chinese i guess orientated primary school and high school um before you migrated to australia like did your Mm. parents kind of install these chinese values onto you as well when you were growing up like all the stereotypical chinese culture that um a lot of kids have to grow up to and what were they as well yeah i think um definitely because like um in all these institutions that I went to and as well as my own family's upbringing with like my grandparents and everything, um, you know, we had to actually like read a lot of like Chinese, like religious, like material that's like talking Mm -hmm. about like what kind of culture there is, like what kind of expectations and like, um, you know, ethics that we should have um, when you're, you're Chinese basically. And like, um, I, and there's like always like some like of these like superstitious things that we should do but mainly like in Chinese culture like it's super super important that you treat like your parents with like lots of respect kind of thing Mm -hmm. which like I feel guilty of like I'm not (laughs) not the most respectful person um Uh sometimes but 
um, yeah, respect was a big thing. Like, you had to, like, you know, pretty much kiss your, like, parents' feet, pretty much, because, like, you owe, like, everything to them. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, like, a common yeah. thing as well. And also, um, you have to do it whenever you see, like, your relatives or, like, family friends. You have to be so, like, open and respectful yeah. to them. And honestly, yeah. when I was growing up, I was, like, meeting all these, like, aunties and uncles, and I was just, like, I don't know you and because I was so shy I would always yeah. hide behind my mom and she was like she would like pull me out and she'd be like no you have to say hi you have to say like you know like yeah. Chinese like um you have to call them by their you name and like a- acknowledge them um I mm, think mm. the the like the the stereotypical Chinese upbringing is always like mm. you gotta study, you gotta like you gotta yes. you gotta not do sport because sport and art is like not a waste of time. So you gotta do yeah. your math and math, English, science, yeah. all of those stuff. And I feel like that reflected in me as well. Like I, I honestly, I started tutoring when, um, being tutored when I was like really, really young. Um, because mm. my mom wasn't happy that my position in the class was in the middle. So she uh, made me go to like go she she hired a private tutor so she I could at mm. least be pushed to the top mm. of the class. But like yeah. honestly, like the tutor mm. was so chill. She was just like, You don't need to you don't need to you don't need to focus on being at the top of the class. Like it's mm. fine. Um but obviously, like, my mom wanted – she wanted to give me something that she couldn't achieve when she was a kid, mm. which is understandable. But I feel like because of mm. this push on education, I definitely missed out on a lot of my childhood experiences. For example, like, hanging mm. out with friends, um, yeah. going out by myself, learning to communicate with people. And yeah. I think that's why I was so shy as a kid because I wasn't exposed to anyone because I was yeah. just the stereotypical mm-hmm. Chinese kid. You got to study, be locked in the room. My mom would sit like behind me uh-huh. or next to me and she would watch me study to yeah. make sure I was studying. So because yeah. of that, like obviously like it got me to where I am, but at the same time it made me lose a fraction mm. of the potential experiences of childhood as well and I don't know if you've gone through that because I know like Victor my boyfriend has never been through that at all which is Uh so weird so weird yeah Mm -hmm. I mean like I might be different to Victor in that sense because like I actually grew up in an Asian country so like there is like you know the workload and education system is very different um, between like Australia and Malaysia and just any other Asian country as well. But yeah, I, uh, my parents had a very strong push for education for me as well. Um, I don't know if it's right to say, but like, I mean, I wasn't in Australia at that time, but um, in Asia, like, like back then, especially, it was like common for people to like hit like teachers or like your parents to hit you. Mm, like you know mm -hmm. cane you to Mm -hmm. like you know make sure you do your work as a punishment kind of thing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so my childhood like I grew up under like that kind of system of like love where like it is like you know actual physical like pain and abuse sort of thing so it's like if you don't like you get one mistake like it's spelling or something like that you get like like 
two out of two mistakes or something that means like that's one cane each pretty much so yeah. like you would associate like failure or like mistakes in your studies as punishment to like pain kind of thing so like obviously mm-hmm. as a kid you don't want to be like experiencing pain right yeah yeah um so I would just associate like failure or mistakes as like you know something that you cannot do because like you just you just get caned and like pretty much and then I remember there was once where like I didn't like study my synonyms and antonyms mm-hmm. and um my mom kicked me out of the house <laughs> and then like she locked me out legit mm-hmm. like for a good few hours and had to mm-hmm. study outside where like where the shoe rack is and just like you know study my synonyms and antonyms there so yeah like there was there's definitely a very strong push for like um making sure I do my homework and like you know yeah. excelling in studies it's like a very big thing for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. but yeah I think Would like you, you know mm-hmm. uh I was just gonna ask like um do you when you reflect back on, on any of these experiences do you have mm-hmm. like any trauma resenting into that or do you have any I guess hate for your parents for that particular action or anything I think like it, I don't really res like harbor hate over it mm-hmm. anymore like maybe at the time I'll be like really frustrated yeah. but like all that frustration kind of like went back to myself where it was like made me push myself harder because I'm like oh like I don't want I don't want to you know not do well because like I associate that with like shame and embarrassment so like mm-hmm. for my own sake I'm not gonna I'm gonna do the work that I should be doing so that like I don't have to go through this process that puts me myself at shame rather mm-hmm. than like um you know just for doing it for like others sake in that sense so I guess like to be honest like I don't mind that sort of system. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, there's definitely better ways to educate your child. But then, you know, it kind of like made me who I am. But at the same time, it's made me have like certain bad characteristics because of it as well. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like because like, you know, the easy way out to like punishing or like educating a child was just like, you know, kicking them out, making them feel shameful, Mm -hmm. making them go through pain kind of thing. Like, it makes me more of an impatient person because I'm like, why can't you do this kind of thing? Yeah, like, yeah. Get out there, get some pain. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. come back a new person kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, yeah. in reality, it's not like this. So, yeah. I, I definitely agree. Like, because mm. of that upbringing, like, I would mm. say, like, my, my parents did the same thing. They didn't kick me out, though. Actually, my <laughs> they did kick me <laughs> out. But then, obviously, because it's like, my mom's like, scared and stuff right so she just made me sit in a corner somewhere honestly Mm -mm. and she just Mm -mm. like made me face the wall or something and just sit me there for like 10 minutes um Mm -mm. but a timeout yeah like a timeout but like for no reason I specifically (laughs) remember like I didn't play piano correctly and then I got punished for it like my like Mm. the tune was off and I got punished for it and I like I hated Mm. it so much because I'm just like, I honestly don't know how to play it. I don't know why you're punishing me. But Mm. um, I think because of that upbringing, I did, and I still have this thing with perfection because it's just like, oh, like I need to be good enough to show everyone that I am good enough. And 
um, because failure is like really, really bad. Uh, um, or what I was taught that failure was like the worst thing in the world. Don't ever tell anyone about your failures. Like, don't mm. even mention it. Um, mm. So, like every time I do fail, it's like such a such an embarrassing thing to me for yeah. to for me to admit to be like, oh shit, like I actually didn't do well in that midterm mm. because you know, I like whatever reason like I I just wouldn't I would be so embarrassed to tell people and like especially when my parents were like friends with like family friends that were my friends so Mm. then they'll like compare each other's reports and obviously as parent when you see that your child is doing poor or worse than your friend it becomes Mm. a competition so like it's just like which one can push their child harder to do well and I feel like that kind of gave me um, bad habits. I, I definitely was, re- I'm definitely like a really impatient person. Like I can't, I'm just mm. like, why can't, like, why can't you get it right? Just straight up, like, like mm. get it right. Or like, why don't you already know this? Like I'm very, yeah. I am a quite impatient person. Um, mm. But I think, I think like, I know that our parents mean, right and they mean they want us to succeed in the yeah. society but the there's a there's a border between trying to get your child to be the best person that they am and am and then trying to get your child to be the best version of what you want them to be as well yeah like it's like it's just true different things and I feel like I wouldn't I would adopt some of my parents I guess values or whatever they did to parent me into my future kid but I won't I guess I won't punish them so harshly for failing (laughs) or like getting one thing wrong like I feel like that's everyone is supposed to make mistakes and I feel like if you if you get your kid to understand that mistakes are okay then it makes Mm. them succeed in the world better and kind of learn from their mistakes rather than fearing their mistakes that's that's very that's a very valid point for sure yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I yeah I think like you know our parents definitely like instilled a lot of like pressure on us Mm -hmm. when we were kids um -hmm. from what you're saying as well like um yeah like the the pressure to like perform well was like really high and I remember back then like especially in primary school and a bit of like high school as well like I remember that if I didn't reach the goal that like I wanted kind of thing um I would just burst out in tears and then just start crying in the middle yeah. of class yeah and then like you know when you're younger like that's kind of fine like you know it's, it's not like super normal but like that it's normal enough kind of thing but then like if like I still had the same mindset when I was like in primary school then I'll be like bursting into tears like <laughs> every single moment of my life then then that's not mm-hmm. that great like but yeah, as time went on, like you kind of like learn to relax, as um, which is a good thing. But I don't mm-hmm. think like that's something that I could fundamentally change inside me as of yeah. yet. Yeah, mm. because we've been so engraved into it, into that mm. habit that it's hard to just budge from it. Um, sure. But growing up, and especially after you came to Australia, did you ever find mm. that you were rejecting the Chinese or Malaysian culture that you were, like, experiencing at mm. home? Um, I mean, like, when I went to school, obviously, like, I wanted to fit in, for sure. 
being like that, I came in when I was in year eight. So a lot of people would have already made like their own circle of friends in year seven already. So it was up to like me to like make sure I can assimilate into like a crowd. Um, luckily, I guess in a way that my high school, like I said, was very like Asian orientated. I would say like maybe the cohort was like made up of like 70% like Asian people and like maybe like 50% of that is like um, Chinese kind of thing. And like I feel closer to someone who's like Chinese, I guess, versus like any other like Asian background so Mm -hmm. but um yeah like I think it I didn't have to hide the fact that I was Asian too much kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but obviously there are certain things that like even Asian kids do here that are different to like um, what I do in like Asia um specifically I remember like just food like lunchtime was like you know hell for me because usually I'm just so used to being in Asia, you just stay in the same classroom and then you tend to just talk to the same people anyways, um, whether that's your desk mate or someone behind you, just someone surrounding you pretty much in that class. But then here in Australia, like when I came to high school, everyone had was like after class, you just get out of class and then you, you have to choose a spot kind of thing uh, where you hang out, hang out pretty much. So I'm just like, oh crap, like where where do I go kind of thing like it's not like that's easy as like you know I'm here because like I'm supposed to be here it's like I have to actually ask if like you know if it was okay for me to join Mm. like a group or something like Mm -hmm. I feel odd like just being like oh hey what's up kind of thing because like no one knew who I was kind of thing and like just like the food that people bring as well is very different like Mm -hmm. I remember bringing like a whole ass thermos and stuff and I'm really appreciative that my mom prepared for it as Mm -hmm. well like she would wake up really early in the morning to like prepare lunch for me Mm -hmm. um but also at the same time I was feeling a bit shameful as well because like I had like this whole decked out lunch kind of thing (laughs) yeah and everyone's like eating their sandwiches like being like full chill and stuff Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah it it was different for sure and then I feel I remember being embarrassed for me having that yeah um, and that's sort of like my sort of rejection towards like my culture and my background yeah. what about you so I I grew up a little bit differently I don't I wasn't mm. bullied for my culture I think uh, a mm. lot of kids especially like when you're so young like before mm. your before moving into high school um mm. and you meet people or like kids for the first time that don't have the same values or beliefs and are religious like Mm. there is a lot of people who don't understand so they I guess they make Mm. fun of you or they question you which is fine I feel like if you're that young like it's fine um yeah I think I do remember like when when I was growing up we I had this there was this like white kid I don't think he was white actually I think I think he was like Turkish Middle Mm -hmm. Eastern white I guess Mm. um never met Chinese people before so he was just like I remember like saying hi to him and stuff and Mm. here and there and then like um he he came back like a month later to talk to me and he was like oh like I heard 
like I was listening to like Chinese news the other day and I couldn't understand it. And he, he started like blabbering gibberish, right? And he was just like, oh, that sounds exactly how like what you guys sound. And I'm just like, yeah, well, if you speak like Middle Eastern to me <laughs> or Arabic, obviously I'm not going to understand and it's going to sound like gibberish to me too. But it's like mm-hmm. something like that. Like it does, there's like small portions here and there, but I'm very mm-hmm. lucky that in when I was growing up, I didn't experience a lot of racism. Obviously, like things might might be a bit different now. Um, and in terms of like getting bullied for the food I bring, I never ended up bringing like Asian food because I my mom made me start cooking and preparing my own lunch when I was very 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 young. So I never had the chance of bringing Asian food because dinner like was dinner and like lunch would be like whatever I went to the groceries and I bought for myself that week and Mm -hmm. as a kid who didn't know how to cook like officially I the only thing I knew how to cook was an egg or like saute Mm -hmm. some vegetables but I didn't know when meat Mm. would be cooked through I didn't know like the proper I guess fundamentals of cooking I just knew like the basics um that didn't really help me much so I would always bring like a sandwich, like a strawberry jam mm. sandwich every single day in mm. preschool and primary school. And it just got to the point where I have just, I am so disgusted by strawberry jam right now. <laughs> I can't eat it anymore. I can probably oh eat it, God. but I just can't stand it. Like it's like, oh, I hate wow. it so much because mm. every single day in primary school, I bring a strawberry jam sandwich yeah. And, like, the other days I'll bring fruit because I didn't know how to cook. So I'll bring, like, fruit for lunch. And that's why I was so mm-hmm. skinny growing up because I only just had fruit for lunch and for recess as well. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, but, like, I rarely got – I rarely bought Asian food to school. And even in mm-hmm. high school I was still making my own lunch. So I never yeah. brought anything. Um, yeah. So I just never made fun for my food really. So I don't actually have an experience in that. I just know how to make very, very basic sandwiches. <laughs> That's it. Like I like my sandwich making skills aren't even great anyway. So yeah. Yeah. So I think when I was growing up, I didn't like fully reject my culture. I feel like the rejection of my culture it, like the rejection part of my like the culture that I was raising like being raised in it mm. came from parenting because I hated and I, I I really disagree with how my parents parented me at certain mm. aspects that because it did bring on some trauma like you mm. know how like you're like oh like you got like hit if you got something wrong right with like a stick yeah. or something but like obviously yeah. as a kid um and you're like you're being I guess a simple word be abused at home and when you try and open up to other people about that especially in in school where you're surrounded Mm -hmm. by different ethnicities and you want to know do other people also experience this as well and you're the only kid who has bruises here and there because of a wrong answer or something you did Mm. wrong like it really made me hate how Mm. I was parented and I Mm. confronted my mom about this when I was like really really young so I was like a Mm. six-year-old kid and walking up to my mom being like why do you hit me like you know like why and she's like because (laughs) I was brought up like this too so you're gonna be brought up like this too so Mm. and she's like oh it's part of Chinese culture and just as simple as that like as part of Chinese culture that we've got to 
I guess, hit our kids to teach them a lesson or teach them that something's wrong. It just made me hate my own culture. And obviously, like, I rejected it. But then after Mm. a while, like, things eased up and, like, stuff eased up. Mm. So then I was just like, you know what? I can't change the color of my skin. I can't change how I look like. So I just got to accept it. And all I can do Mm. right now is be a better example of how I would want to be parenting my own kid in the future like am I gonna adopt mm. the same principles probably not mm. I'm just gonna I'm gonna be very calm and I think I might be adopting some like western I guess traits of raising a kid mm. as well like I mm. feel like when you're making friends with a lot of people and you see you listen to how they're brought up you're just like you know what I'm gonna just teach that to my kid too instead of doing like how I was done I guess yeah yeah that makes sense definitely I mean like nowadays you can't you can't do the same but technically legally you can't do the same things (laughs) that our parents did to us definitely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but you know um I guess when you said like you would drop some like western traits in parenting like Mm -hmm. what about you as a person like do you think you are more Asian or like more whitewashed I think I am more whitewashed um Mm -hmm. but I do like Asian food (laughs) a lot Mm -hmm. more than when I was a kid um Mm. but like I I think whitewash as in like the experiences Mm. I want to do and like the like my Mm. cultural like my family values or my ethics shift towards more of the western side where I'm just like you know what I can do whatever I want um Mm. you know how Asian families they're like so relentless on like you have to get married, you have to have kids, you have to ha- mm, find a good yeah. husband that has a, earns a lot of money. And, like, mm. I think I've moved on to the Western side where it's just, like, you don't need a family. You can just be with a partner and you can have kids if you want. You can adopt mm-hmm. dogs. Like, I like that mindset more instead of being so rigid r- with mm. these traditions and these rules. Yeah. What about mm. you, though? I think, like, for me, like, my thinking is definitely like more like western like just maybe by a fraction just like a little bit Mm -hmm. like but like I still consider myself quite Asian Mm -hmm. I don't think like I can comfortably like you know associate with like people who are Anglo like I, I do my best kind of thing but like inside internally I still feel a a little bit of that like this not discomfort but just like you know I'm more like this uncomfortable with myself kind of thing like Mm -hmm. I'm like thinking like Mm -hmm. am I acting normal like is this is this normal to them kind of thing like Mm -hmm. I'm more concerned about like how I'm being perceived by that other person rather than Mm -hmm. like um the other way around so Mm -hmm. I mean like because I was brought up in like you know in Malaysia and then when I came here I was also very surrounded by like Asian people that like you know it's kind of a bit hard for me to like go out of the box in that way like I mean I still try to treat everyone as like equal as possible Mm -hmm. um but it's more like I'm worried that I'm I might be like looked a different way or like Mm -hmm. I'm perceived as like you know not not up to standards because like I am Asian yeah Um, but I do really like that in western culture like you know you're being brought up to like you know 
um, have your own voice in a lot of things mm-hmm. as opposed to like Asian cultures, like where you have to, you know, do the standard things that a kid would do, listen to everything you're told, do everything you're told. Um, here it's like, you know, you can do whatever you want. And, yeah. Um, as long as it's something that you're passionate about and there's always going to be like a space where you can you can make something out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I had I have a friend that um is half Chinese and half um I guess white, I guess. And mm-hmm. so his par- his his mom was Chinese or is Chinese mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. um his dad's white. So when mm-hmm. he grew up, he definitely had those true kind of parenting styles and he mm-hmm. when I asked him about this, he was just like, "Oh, like my Asian parents, my my Asian mum was exactly like yours. Like she would hit me if I got something wrong. She would pull my mm. ear. She would mm. um like really really push on education, um and yeah. really really push on no sport, just education. And he loves sport, so mm-hmm. like hearing like his mum being like, no, you don't have time for sport. No, you got to mm. study. Even though he was like a ten-year-old yeah. t- kid, while on the mm. other hand, his dad was so chill. His dad was just like, "Do you want to play sport? You want to play some rugby? Okay, I'll drop you to the rugby like um game. You can join up and like have fun. Yeah. Oh, you want to do like mm-hmm. this team thingy? Sure, like we'll go. Oh, yeah. you want to go sleep over with your friends? Go. Mm. Or if you want to go camping, you can go. Um, and mm. he's like, his dad was pretty much very very open with everything, very lenient. But then he told me the bad part about how his dad kind of raised him was everything was acceptable and there was no punishment for anything while his mom was Mm. very relentless on punishment. So he got the true size of everything. So it's very interesting when like I listen to him talk about it because he reflects back on every single time his mom would hit him. He would be like, Mm. oh, that was so funny. Like my dad would just tell me to run away or something. And like Mm. his dad would be like, oh, like did your mom hit you? Okay, like let's go out and chill. Like, it's that simple, but, like, obviously, like, my mum was my primary caretaker when I was growing up. My dad was out working. But when my Mm. dad would come home and see, like, something like that happen, he would just, like, not blink and he would just, like, walk away and do his own thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Asian dads, man. Asian dads. (laughs) There, but not there. (laughs) They they are, like, you know, I think, like, um what we would like the common term for like our moms is like the tiger mom kind of thing yeah so like even like our dads are a bit like "Ah, i don't want to get involved in this kind of thing yeah they're scared they're gonna get the shits yeah exactly yeah yeah but growing up in australia have you ever experienced Mm. a guy or a potential partner having yellow fever um I haven't experienced it to myself where like I could mm-hmm. identify that it's yellow fever, mm-hmm. but I was aware of it. Like in my high school, there were like guys that openly just said like, you know, hey, I have yellow fever. Even girls sometimes like they were like, you know, I love Asians <laughs> kind of thing. It's just like, I just find like, it's just like so attractive kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like um, when I heard that, I'm just like a bit like, oh, it's a bit weird kind mm-hmm. of thing. But I mean, like mm-hmm. I... I I can maybe understand because it's like sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, like um like a certain angler person does look really nice kind of thing. Yeah. But I'm never yeah. like, oh like I'm attracted to him only because he has like he has like a pale skin or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. angler or something. So mm-hmm. yeah, but 
yeah that's that's my experience though what about you um i did have experiences with i guess white guys mate like all of my experiences came from white guys who had yellow fever and they'd be like oh my god you're chinese you're asian oh Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I definitely want to date you because of your just just based on your culture. Like I just want to date you. Oh, I love yeah. Chinese culture. Uh, blah blah blah. Um, yeah. But I think the people that I have that were potential partners, um, they just have a they had a preference on mm. specifically Asian, but they yeah. it wasn't like oh I'm only gonna exclusively date. Chinese or Asian they're just like we have a preference towards that but I guess it's fine to other people yeah yeah but why do you think they have that preference though honestly I think it it, I honestly I think it comes from the media that they consume because Mm. like I'm gonna be completely honest like um a lot of Chinese or Asian people that are sexualized especially like women they all yeah. are very timid and like submissive and I guess that's yeah. what guys like um yeah. but also believe it does come from like social media as well like yeah um like us like I'm imagining like a white guy right now mm. who watches k-drama or chinese drama and Mm. like listens to k-pop or chinese pop or something like that they are they are more more i guess attracted to asian people because of the media they they consume as well but also i think it comes from like a wide variety of things from what i know yeah i think like there's something um as well like i was talking to like a white guy before and like honestly like I I don't know him that well but then Mm -hmm. he was the guy that was well known to be like you know into Asian girls oh okay okay so like I was like a bit like oh what why is this guy talking to me and Uh like I remember I asked like my friend because she was a bit closer to him out Uh and I asked her like oh why do you has he ever told you like why he's into like Asian girls Mm -hmm. and then he she was like um he doesn't, he can't really pinpoint why, but it's mm. like, you know, mm-hmm. certain characteristics like an Asian girl has. So like um, for most Asian girls, like, yeah, we have like, you know, this like babyish kind of like. Yeah, that like young, thing. young kind of looking girl yeah. vibe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, um, um, we have like long, straight black hair kind of thing. It's like very like stereotypical, but like it's very different like you know um usually like for white women it's not necessarily the same like you, mm-hmm. they have like their um whatever colored hair and stuff like that but like mm-hmm. you know certain cultures have like different like hair types as well mm-hmm. and like that's something that like apparently white guys are very interested <laughs> as well so uh-huh. yeah it, like i there's some guys that are like exclusively into like abgs and um oh geez yes like that's another thing as well like i i don't understand why like i'm not really sure yeah i don't know i think think like is it like mm, the party vibe yeah i was i was just about thinking that because like Mm -hmm. you know they have like those asian like girl characteristics so you know Mm -hmm. typical long black hair like but like they are like westernized in that sense where they're like you know not the very submissive like um like study 
girl kind of look or like and they have like very heavy makeup as well Mm -hmm. um I think that's why but what what is your perspective on ABGs by the way like do you think like it's an aesthetic or like what is your perspective on it? I I imagine ABGs as like whenever like someone's just like, oh, like this is an ABG. I imagine like black mm-hmm. hair, very, very big mm-hmm. lashes. Like you got yes. like the lash extensions, the winged <laughs> eyeliner, the like heavy yes. makeup and like, yeah. like the party kind of vibe, like the party kind of yeah. outfits, clubbing outfits and like yeah. an expensive handbag. That and like oh, yes. and bubble tea in like mm. whatever hand. Like I imagine that mm. girl straight away. And I always imagine mm. like grey hair, like a bollyage or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I guess when if people are exclusively into like ABGs, I guess it's just like a mixture of true worlds that they like. I'm not sure that's myself. True. Yeah. Yeah. That well, that's that's pretty interesting but um yeah I don't see myself I I find it quite aesthetic in some sense um but like I don't see myself like necessarily being a full ABG like I can maybe like some days I can adopt some of that like style just Mm -hmm. for an aesthetic but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's gonna be my lifestyle where I'm like I want to live like an ABG yeah 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 Yeah. I imagine like ABGs as like like a particular girl who's into particular things and a particular look. Yeah, yeah. Specifically, yeah. like, like active wear, exclusively only active wear, like clothing oh, yes. in their closet, leggings. With, yeah, <laughs> Nike leggings, and they're like little like side bag, either like a Louis Vuitton oh, yeah. side bag or like a like oh, yeah. what's a bum bag or something. That's what I imagine. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So yes, I mean it's like I'm like talking it's like ironic because like I'm in like active wear almost 100% of the time because I'm <laughs> always always exercising but like I am not an APG I like if I'm not in my active wear I'll be something I guess more feminine or something yeah and yeah. then we kind of touched touched on this a bit mm-hmm. in our previous episodes yeah um I guess do you think like Australia embraces more diversity now I think that's a very subjective question depending mm-hmm. on like who's asking this because oh my god mm. my, my light just flashed. Okay. Um <laughs> um okay. Like in my experience I think yes mm. and no because Australia is a multicultural country. We do yeah. have a lot of diverse backgrounds and people. Do I believe mm-hmm. racism exists in Australia? Definitely, 110%. Um, yes. But I also feel like there needs to be a bit more push on multiculturalism and understanding different mm. cultural identities and religion. Um, yeah. And, like, especially children growing up and especially, like, schools that are white-dominated or even any, mm. like, culture dominated I feel like there should Mm. be a a good push on understanding each other's culture and understanding there is no superiority over one race over the another yeah definitely agree I think like for me like I would say like it it has like over the years of me just staying in Australia like I've noticed like like a change but Mm -hmm. I think like you know 
it's more prominent in like a big city like Sydney, for ex- mm-hmm. for example. Like if I were to go out into like the rural areas, it could be totally different. Yeah, and yeah. like you know, the population like you know um, distribution is very different as well. When mm-hmm. you just go out like further away from the city, the different education system you can receive as well. Like being in Sydney, where like you know we are like quite a like highly educated city. Mm-hmm. Um, you're definitely exposed to a lot of like different literature um, and you know like academics you know being like a very strong push on like you know culture politics you know international relations that sort of thing so I I noticed like in recent years like there have been like more push on like celebrating different cultures like um celebrations like this year I felt like even though we were in lockdown there was a very big emphasis on like mooncake festival which oh, yeah. I never felt that before yeah. like yeah. in Sydney yeah I mean it's sort of like a way to push you to like buy mooncakes and like mm-hmm. you know just spend money mm-hmm. but like you know prior to this there wasn't this like push mm-hmm. or like this presence in the media or just like anywhere yeah so yeah it's what we're sort of getting there but you know mm-hmm. understanding the different cultures kind of thing you know it's still like a widespread problem I feel like um yeah it's one thing to be like oh like I've eaten mooncakes kind of thing like I know mm-hmm. what you guys eat yeah it's yeah, yeah. like what it's like to actually grow up and actually you know have like certain like um principles because mm-hmm. we have a different culture yeah like understanding why we eat mooncakes and like understanding why mm. the autumn festival is a thing and what it represents is very different from just eating mooncakes definitely yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like surface level kind of thing but you know we've got to start somewhere mm-hmm. but yeah it's, that's definitely the, good mm. yeah so that wraps up our episode today. If you'd like to send in any of your own comments, questions, or see more of us, follow us at Chewing Gum Podcast on Instagram. Thanks for listening to the, this episode and tune in next week where we lead into the HSC. What are the best studying techniques? Is ATAR the be or end all? How important is HSC subject selections? And does the HSC impact us now, now that we are four years out of high school? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. See you.